This morning, we're going to be looking at the rejection of Jesus as it's found and written to us in both Matthew chapter six, Matthew 13 and the Gospel of Mark chapter 6. We're continuing our series, God's Story, Our Story, where we're making the, the case and showing us by, word, by the way of Scripture every Sunday that from Genesis to Revelation, God is ultimately telling us one story. And God tells us this story in the context of the kingdom. You see, the story of the Bible is this. God the king created the heavens and the earth. He created a kingdom and he fills the kingdom with his people. Unfortunately, the king's people rebel against the king. And all throughout the Old Testament, we are told of the story through priests and prophets and kings of God one day bringing his king that would redeem his people and restore the world back to rights. And it's in the New Testament that we read about the fulfillment of the promise of the coming of the king, that God comes down in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And we've been in Matthew for the last few months reading about the fulfillment of the kingdom through the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And this is the story, the continuing story here in Matthew of Jesus the king Up until the end of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus has been teaching parables known as the parables of the kingdom. And he decides, after preaching on the parables of the kingdom, to return home to his hometown of Nazareth. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 53, and we will then skip ahead to the same story, similar story in Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. This is the word of the Lord. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 7. This is immediately following the rejection of Nazareth. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust and that is on your feet as a testimony against them. This was a symbolic of condemnation. It was the equivalent of washing your hands of them and having nothing to do with them any longer. Shake off the dust. Verse 12. So when they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And on this Lord's day, the grass withers And the flower fades, but the word of our God, it stands forever. Amen. A 
preacher once preached this passage and read these scriptures and got up in front of his congregation and said, Jesus was rejected. If you follow Jesus, you will be rejected. Get over it and just walk off the platform. I won't do that this morning. We'll unpack this passage together briefly. But the reality is this, that Jesus was rejected. And the promise is this, not are you going to be rejected? The question is when you are rejected. You see, in order to understand what it means to follow Jesus, we need to understand the rejection of Jesus and what that means for those that are willing to take up the cross and follow after him. You see, the pain of rejection runs deep. There's not one single person in this room and not one single person watching at home that has not experienced rejection in some way. Maybe a friend at school, maybe a friend at, in your neighborhood, maybe a colleague at work rejected by an employer. For some of us, the rejection of a spouse and probably the most painful of all, the rejection of a parent. Rejection in this life shapes us Rejection in this life runs deep. And even Jesus Christ, after being rejected by the masses, thinks I can go to the one place that's safe. I can go home to Nazareth. It's safe there. And even at Nazareth, his own hometown, he was rejected. We need to understand why he was rejected and allow it to inform us as kingdom followers, as citizens of the kingdom, what it means to follow him. First thing I want you to see in the passage that we read together is first the reality of this rejection. In verse 57 of chapter of verse 57 of chapter 13, it says that they took offense at him. This is the people of his own hometown. That word offense in Greek is scandalon. It means that where we get the word scandalous or scandal you need to understand that when they were offended by Jesus and his teachings, this was not a gentleman's disagreement. This was not, we will agree to disagree. They heard the teachings of Jesus, they witnessed Jesus in ministry, and they were offended. It was scandalous to them. Why is this important to un understand the reality of the rejection of Jesus? Well, let me put it in context briefly. Earlier in the Gospel of Matthew and earlier in the Gospel of Mark, we see that Jesus was rejected by another group of people. He was rejected by the Herodians and the Pharisees. The Herodians were the civic political leaders of the day. They were part of the social and cultural elite. But he was also rejected by the Pharisees, the religious elite. And what Matthew and Mark are trying to show us is that every type of person will ultimately reject Jesus. That we are preconditioned at the core by nature to reject Jesus. The social elites rejected Jesus and the religious elites rejected Jesus. The religious and the irreligious. It doesn't matter whether you go to the big town people or the small town people of Nazareth. Everyone, without exception, to their core by nature is adverse 
and rejects the teaching of Jesus. You have to understand something about the human condition that we all have a natural disposition to reject Jesus no matter who we are. Remember, this was Nazareth. If you remember my sermon in December, I explained something about the hometown of Jesus. These were the people on the very bottom of the social ladder, Nazareth. It was not something to to be boastful about. It was not something to be proud about. And Matthew and Mark are saying, even in Nazareth, they reject Jesus. The rejection of Jesus is widespread. No matter who you are, no matter what type of people group it is, rich or poor, the cultural elites and the cultural outcasts, there is a natural disposition for everybody by nature, to reject the teaching of Jesus. Can I say a short word of application here? If you are here this morning or watching at home and you are currently wrestling with the teachings of Jesus, maybe there is something that you are just getting hung up on. Maybe you embrace the majority of Jesus and his teachings and Christianity, but there are just some things you can't get over. There are just some things you are wrestling with. Can I say this? There will always be something you wrestle with. There will always be something concerning the teachings of Jesus that just seem offensive and seem just to not make sense. Why? If Jesus truly is the Son of God and Savior of sinners who comes to us outside of this world, he will always be offensive to some group of people. We do not worship and follow Jesus because we naturally accept all of his teachings. We do not follow and accept Jesus because we find his teachings totally acceptable to all of our cultural norms. We accept Jesus and follow Jesus because he truly is the Son of God and Savior of sinners. Jesus does not come into our lives and say, oh wow, let me figure out how to assimilate to the North American culture. Jesus comes into our lives and we surrender and we submit no matter what the cost, no matter how offensive, no matter how countercultural his teachings are, we embrace and we follow the teachings of Jesus. And let me say this, I have seen so many Christians in the last 12 months, friends of mine, that know the truth, do everything possible to try to accommodate the world and accommodate this culture. And that is not the calling of the Christian. We have not been called to accommodate to culture. We have been not called to accommodate to the world, but we have been called to take the teachings and the truths of Christianity, even if it's offensive to the world, and surrender and submit to it at all cost. Jesus said, the world hated me and they will hate you as well. It is the widespread reality of the rejection of Jesus and his followers. The second thing I want you to see is the reason for this rejection. There is a reason for why Jesus was so widely rejected. Look at verse 55 and 56 with me. In response to Jesus' teaching and the miracles of Jesus, verse 55, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother Mary? Verse 56. Don't we know his brothers and his sisters? What are they saying? This Jesus is just like us. There's nothing special about this Jesus. 
It was the ordinary nature of Jesus that was offensive and scandalous to the people at their core. This is what they were trying to say. It was a put down to Jesus. This man is going to save us and rescue us? This lowly Nazarene? We know his mom, we know his dad, we know his brothers and his sisters. He's just like us. And he thinks he is going to save us and rescue us from our lowly, humble accommodations here as Nazarenes. This is the man who claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through him? you got to be kidding me. You see, it is the teachings of Jesus and ultimately the salvation of Jesus that offends us because every other worldview and every other religion says this, that you must pick yourself up by your bootstraps, that you must be powerful and victorious and you must escape the ordinary, you must escape your status of being humble and you must be powerful and strong and it is the paradigm of the kingdom of God that says no, It is the last that shall be first. It is the humble that shall be exalted. You want to find your life, you must lose your life. And you must take up your cross and follow me. Salvation comes through suffering. Salvation comes first through dying to yourself and to the human nature and to our pride and to our ego. There is nothing more offensive to the cultural and social elites? Doesn't my achievements and my performance earn me anything with you, God? To the religious elites, doesn't my morality and my law-keeping earn me any status in the kingdom of God? And even to the Nazarenes, God, you owe me for these lowly conditions I've been given in life. You owe me for my position. You see, it doesn't matter who you are, The way of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus, unlike any other worldview, unlike any other religion, turns the paradigm of salvation and kingdom living on its head and upside down, and it is offensive to the core to hear from God that you can, but he can. It is the message of Christianity, offensive to the human heart, that everyone without exception is guilty as charged. Everyone without exception, no matter who you are, is sinful and in need of a savior. Everyone without exception cannot earn their salvation, but must be earned and achieved through another offensive to the core, salvation that offends our pride. And this is the reason for the rejection of Jesus. So we see the reality of the widespread rejection. We see the reason for the rejection. And then lastly, We see how his people are called to respond to this rejection. As I said at the beginning, Jesus was rejected. And if we follow Jesus, we will be rejected as well. And we see the response to the people of God of how God's people have been called to respond to such rejection. Look at Mark chapter 6 with me. He then, after the rejection in Nazareth, in verse 7, calls the apostles, he calls the 12, and he sends them out two by two. But Jesus does something so profound. He says, I'm sending you out, and I want you to take nothing with you. Don't take money. Don't take food. Don't take your belongings. Why? Because if they accept you and your message of the kingdom, I do not want them to accept you on account of something you offer but accepts you simply on the free offer of salvation offered in the person of Jesus Christ. But if they reject you, 
I want you to be, remem I want you to be reminded that they are rejecting not you, but they are rejecting me. Therefore, you can dust off the sandals on the bottom of your feet. It's a sign of condemnation. It's a sign that you are washing your hands of them. What a call of courage. What a call to live with boldness. This has been the calling of the people of God from the first century to go out even in the face of opposition, even in the possibility of being rejected, to preach the good news at all costs, even with the possibility and reality of rejection. Now this sounds good, but the reality is this. That every single day, you and I are faced with the call. You, are, we, you and I are faced with the call to be courageous and to stand for the truth, even if it means being offensive, to stand for the truth, even if it means being rejected. And many of us, every single day, buckle under fear, and we buckle under the reality of being rejected. And so then where would we ever get the confidence and the courage to live like these early Christians that suffered and were bold at all cost. Listen, this is precisely the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is on the cross that we see Jesus the Christ take on our sin and take on our shame. And what was the response of God the Father? to turn his face away. Despised and forsaken, he became the man of sorrows on the cross. And it was on the cross, listen to me, if you get nothing other else from today, hear me clearly, that Jesus Christ on the cross experienced the one, dis one rejection that will ultimately destroy you. You see, you and I, Fear rejection because we think it will devastate us and maybe ultimately destroy us. We fear the rejection of a classmate. We fear the rejection of a friend. We fear the rejection of an employer. We fear the rejection of a colleague or family member. But listen to me. It was Jesus being rejected on the cross by God the Father and experiencing the one rejection that can ultimately destroy, that those that have faith in Jesus Christ can live with boldness and confidence this day and tomorrow and face anything knowing my Savior has experienced the rejection that will destroy, therefore I will have no fear. This is the message of the gospel. His rejection led to our salvation. Do you believe this morning? Do you know that this Jesus Christ that was rejected by God the Father is the same Jesus Christ that is offered to you this morning? To have Jesus is to have life. To have Jesus is to have confidence in this life and in the life to come. To have Jesus is to have boldness and utter confidence that there is nothing in this world that can destroy me and certainly nothing that can devastate me. Do you have this relationship with Jesus the scriptures make it very clear that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved today, not tomorrow is the day of salvation. 
that regardless of the rejection you've experienced in life, you have a God that promises in Jesus Christ that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And it would be absurd, absurd to leave here today without accepting that free offer of eternal life through Jesus Christ. This is the message of the gospel offered to you freely this morning. Chuck DeGroat was a Christian counselor and he writes about one of his early encounters with one of his clients. And as he was sitting with this client in particular, Chuck DeGroat writes that he was an influential CEO in the community, a man twice his age. And his client began to open up. And he said, quote, my dad and I never played catch. He was just always too busy. Sometimes I'd leave my glove in a conspicuous place, like on his desk, thinking maybe he would get the message. He said, Chuck, I grew up in the era where every little boy wanted to be a New York Yankee. DiMaggio, Mantle, Maris. But heck, I didn't care. I just wanted to play ball with my dad. Throw ground balls and and catch fly balls. Just play a game of catch. The client, squeezing his hands and shaking profusely, just kept on repeating, why wouldn't my dad play with me? Why wouldn't my dad play with me? His face staring at the floor. With that, the counselor said, look up at me. His client's eyes full of tears. And he said, I know this. If I was your dad, I'd play catch with you. And with that, the dam broke and the tears flew like a torrent. One of the most stunning sacred moments of my life, the counselor said. A man twice my age, and yet a little boy. An influential businessman, but a rejected child. The pain of rejection runs deep. Listen to me. There is only one source. There is only one power that will heal you and give you the hope in the midst of rejection And it is the promise through the gospel of Jesus Christ that you will forever have the embrace, no matter who rejects you, no matter where you're rejected, no matter what you face in this life, you have the embrace and the acceptance of the Father. It is the only thing that allows us to face anything, even allowing us to face rejection. In fact, it's the only thing that allows us to love others who have rejected us. The picture of a man dying for his enemies. Nothing will transform your heart like that. It is the message of Jesus Christ to his people. The message of Jesus Christ to his followers. The message of Jesus Christ to the king's people this morning that gives us courage and boldness to be able to say, I've been rejected by the people but who cares? I've been accepted by the king.